You know what? You still have to be married to me for, like, the next several decades. So, like, if you could, like, try to like me, that would be fantastic. Could you try to be slightly more likable? I'll, uh, I'll work on that, I guess. Wow. Got I mean, me if ahead. you're asking me to put in effort on this project, you should also be willing to put in some effort on this project. Got any notes for me or ways I can improve here? <laughs> What you got? Oh, I have notes. <laughs> Let me just get them out. Uh-huh. <laughs> Hello, and welcome to Chronically Olympus, the podcast in which my co-host and I discuss the Percy Jackson and the Olympian series chapter by chapter. And today we are discussing book two of The Sea of Monsters, chapter five. I get a new cabin mate. I... What, what? <laughs> what are the Got souls' names? Travis and Connor. Okay. I am Connor Stoll. I'm the lightning thief, also known as Kristen, and this is my co-host. I'm Travis Stoll. <laughs> I knew as soon as you knew what their names were when I asked yeah. that you was, were going to be one of them. I was planning on being both of them, but oh. then you... <laughs> okay. Well, I can introduce as different. No, if you no, don't no, wanna, no, we're fine, we're fine. If you don't want to ruin this. No, we're good. Um, I'm hey. also known as Chris. Hey, Hi. Hey brother, how you doing? That's weird, please don't. I'm not sure which one of us is older. Yeah. He called me brother. It's really awkward. Yeah. Um, <laughs> hey, sis, how you feeling today? Sup, bro? <laughs> anyway. Hi. How Hi. do we how do we uh, start this podcast, Kristen? Hey, welcome. We, well, welcome. 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 Thanks for the welcome. <laughs> Glad that you could include me in this podcast you're doing. Of course. You're my co-host. Yep. Um, how I are you? I enjoy that. I am, well, I'm recovering from about 30 straight hours of excruciating back pain. I'm sorry. Not been fun. Yeah. Um, but I'm smiling today, which is new. It's it. <laughs> Looks good on you. Yeah, thanks. Yeah. Appreciate that. I'm, it's something new I'm trying out uh-huh. after, after yesterday. Yeah. Um, I told you to stop doing all that deadlifting and you just wouldn't listen to me. <laughs> yeah, you know. You know me. Uh-huh. I have no idea. I. It is one of those things where I'm in my uh, mid-30s now and I sat on the couch wrong. Getting older is fun, isn't it? And I've been in pain for two days because of it. <laughs> this is a conversation I have with some of my regulars occasionally. Specific One specific person, and I talk about this all the time, where it's just like... Oh, my back hurts. What'd you do? I watched a movie. <laughs> and I sat on the couch wrong. How dare you? Yep. Gotta, gotta watch out for that. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, how do we start this podcast? Um, we do our summaries. Okay. Well, we banter first, and then we I think we did that. So go ahead and explain <laughs> the summaries. Why don't you? Um... So to open the podcast, we do a summary of the chapter with bullet points to uh, just hit on some uh, important plot elements that we want to talk about and uh, get us a baseline for where we're going with this episode. Yep. So would you like to do yours first or would you like me to go first? 
Um, I can do mine first. Okay, cool. You actually have some this time, and since it's not a five-page long chapter? I mean, it's not a five-page long chapter, but really not a lot. Not a lot happens. Feels like it actually happens. Yeah. All right, here's my summary. Things are off at camp. Chiron is packing. There's something rash Percy will be doing to fix Thalia's tree. Annabeth swears to protect Percy. Dinner time. Tantalus isn't the best choice for camp director. Tyson might be in trouble. Percy prays. Poseidon claims Tyson. Cool. <clears throat> that is, uh, I mean, you hit it pretty succinctly. That is that is what happens. Yep, that is what happens. It is pretty straightforward. Cool. Should I do mine now? Yeah. All right. So my summary is as follows. We open with a strong pun. I'm glad we arrived in time for a dramatic packing sequence. Unless what, Chiron? Wouldn't want to forget the prophecy. Why must we all go to Florida? New character alert. Times three. This guy should definitely be around children. (laughs) Percy makes the news again. How does Tantalus know anything about root beer? And OMG, what a twist. Yeah, I'm shocked by that twist. Good <laughs> question about the root yeah. beer. And why is he so specific yeah. as to vintage? When he hasn't drank anything in 3,000 years and he has a favorite vintage of root beer? Yeah. How does that make any sense well, at all? the 1967 <laughs> root beer. Yeah. That doesn't make any sense. No, it really doesn't. <laughs> yeah. Yep. That bothered me quite a bit. Oh yeah, that's bo- that's gonna <laughs> that one's gonna fester in my brain. <laughs> yep. Um. Anyway. <laughs> uh, so let's talk about the chapter. <laughs> let's talk about the chapter. Let's let's do it. Let's let's dig in. All right. I don't have notes until we get to. Uh, Chiron packing or Mr. D at dinner? Uh, so we go in and we're back at camp. We describe the camp as being the same but different. Yeah. It's like all the familiar like institutions and structures are still <laughs> like there. The but... way that he describes it as like you come home and your mom has tried to clean your room but just moved everything and you don't know where anything is now. Yeah. And that It is such a odd experience. Like, that's how I feel anytime you've been alone in the house for longer than four hours and I come home and stuff just moved. And you're like, I live here too. And I'm like, yeah, but why did stuff move? Like, I get it if you move. Like that you're one. a moving thing. Like that one time the entire living room got reversed on you? Yeah. When I came home and you had moved the couch (laughs) and the bookshelf. Yeah. I still need to fix the bookshelf, too. It's been driving me nuts because nothing's lined up. I'm sorry. I I did fix all of the books and re-pull them out to the front edge of the bookshelf shelves Uh because you had them all pushed back all wonky. Yeah. But the shelves still aren't lined up exactly how I want them to be. Sorry. 
Yeah. And so it's just off. So every time I look at that shelf, there's just something askew about it. Well, this isn't a general book organization podcast, so let's talk about uh, this book that we're reading right now that is not on the shelf. Fair enough. Um, so yeah, uh, fourth wall breaking moment. Hi, mom. Everything's been moved around. Camp is different. Like, instead of like people training and like doing camp activities, now we're organizing weapons and like, uh, preparing for some kind of battle or it looks like a military school is how he puts it. Um, and he would know. Of course. He's been kicked out of some. Uh, Tyson is fascinated by everything. What's that? <laughs> What's that? Yeah. Uh. What's that? Yeah, uh, really, really impressed that he has a cabin, like, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but we go through, we do a little uh, tour of the camp, we do more recap about everything in the last book, about, oh, hey, the big three aren't supposed to have kids, and, like, World War Two, and here's the legend about Thalia, and, sorry. And then we go to the big house, and we find Chiron, who is a... Uh, very conveniently just packing up as they walk in. Like, uh, they caught him right in this crucial moment where he's going to leave. Anyway, they caught him uh, as he's listening to his 60s lounge music and packing the suitcase. Uh, Tyson Apparently is... Apparently the 60s was a great time for the gods. Yep. And <laughs> it's just... other demi-mortals. That was great. Uh, it was a great time for us all. Great time uh, for root beer <laughs> and music. <laughs> um, Tyson's really excited about a pony. Cool. Uh, and we learned that Chiron's been fired. because Which, of, I mean, Clarice told us in the last chapter. Yeah. Um, and, I mean, somebody has got to take the fall for what happened. Uh, the tree that got poisoned. You uh, know, somebody other than Dionysus. Of course, of course. He, he couldn't take the fall for it. Um, I mean, he's already been punished enough by having to run the camp. So, like, you know, getting getting fired would be, like, a blessing for him. He'd be, he'd be all over that. Well, that's so, the other thing. He can't get fired. Yeah, yeah. This is, this is his prison sentence. So, like, he's got to stay. Uh, so Kyron becomes the fall guy. Um, Annabeth, obviously, very know, upset. He seems more like a spring guy to me. <laughs> um, <laughs> gods, sorry. Uh, and we talk about the circumstances of, like, oh, hey, there's trouble afoot. You know, there's rumblings from the underworld. Uh... Percy almost screws up and invokes the name of Kronos. Not supposed to do that. Uh, that's what I was talking about. I wanted to have a soundboard for the podcast where every time one of us says the name of a god, we can do a thunder sound effect. <laughs> It'd be really fun. Yeah. To introduce midway through book two. Uh, <laughs> anyway. Um, and he has taken off. He is basically just like, hey... The camp's dying. It's dangerous. The whole thing's gonna fall apart in weeks. But you should stay here because he also like didn't want Percy to come back here. Yeah, like he told his mom to keep him away. Yeah. Um, so also, yes, I agree. Also mentions uh, offhandedly, he's like the camp itself is dying. Only one source of magic would be strong enough to reverse the poison, and that was lost centuries ago. And then he was like, "Oh well, never, never mind. No, don't do anything rash." Yeah. No, no, of course, of course, this isn't going to be your mission. Don't, don't find out what that is. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Yeah. Please don't do any research about that. Yeah. Um, I did research about that. Um, kind of, sort of. And while it is not part of the original tellings of the legend, uh, in later retellings in mythology, uh, the Golden Fleece 
gets imbued with healing properties. Okay. Um, and we kind of assumed that the fleece was going to be a part of this because it comes up in two chapter titles, and uh, this is going to be like a retelling of Jason and the Argonauts and that whole story. Has the fleece come up in two chapter titles? No, I mean, in future titles. Oh, oh when you yeah. read through the yeah. the chapter titles at the beginning, yes. Yes, so, uh, yeah, we know that's it's a like thing. It hasn't yet, has it? <laughs> Tyson and, plays with fire? Yeah, uh, and there there is talk of the fleece having magical healing abilities, so hey, look, we're gonna go look for that. Yeah. And we've figured out the plot of the book. I'm gonna be done now. <laughs> that's what we're doing, right? We're trying to figure out the plot, and as soon as we do... Just stop reading. Just stop reading. Right then and there. Yeah. And so kind of teases him with that, and it's just like, oh no, but tell, promise me you won't go after it. Don't do anything rashly. Don't don't leave the camp, even though the camp's gonna fall to monsters in two weeks. Please don't leave. Stay here and get killed with the rest of them. I don't think that he says, promise me you're not going to leave the camp. He says, promise not to do anything rash. Yeah. Which I think is phrased very purposely. Well, he also said, but now that you're here, stay here. He tells him not to leave. Mm. Train hard, learn to fight, but do not leave. Nah. <laughs> um, Yeah. He says, you must not let yourself be baited into hasty action. Remember last summer, etc., etc., yeah, bad news. Cool. Kronos uh, hasn't forgotten you. Yeah. We we do a little recap of who Kronos is and what he's uh, up to with his life right now. Um, Annabeth mentions something. Uh, or Kyra mentions, and it's just like, hey, Annabeth, stay with Percy. Keep him safe. Um, remember, remember this. Swear on the river sticks. Yep. Uh, remember the prophecy. The one we can't talk about. We don't, we don't get to know what that is. I like the way part Percy does that for the reader, though, very specifically. Uh, yeah. It's like, oh, yeah, this is this is the prophecy that I'm not supposed to know about, right? Yeah. Cool. Just wanted to make sure. Uh, and then when it rains, it pours because we talk about how Chiron might lose his immortality if he leaves because, like, his whole point is that he's alive long enough to, as long as there's, like, heroes to train. And if he's not training heroes, does he lose his immortality? He's just going to go off and die in Florida, like. So many people have done before him. Uh, um. Wow. <laughs> wow. So, yeah, they call it God's waiting room. Isn't that what they call Florida? Yep. As someone, as someone who lived there for five years myself, uh-huh. I do believe I did hear that expression like once. Yep. So anyway, he's going down to the Everglades to uh, find his wild kinsman that might have some sort of wild druid centaur magic that he's forgotten about that might fix the tree. Yeah. Um, Worth a shot. But either way, he's going to be down there. And we already know, or really heavily assume, that Grover's in Florida as well. So everything's pulling us toward Florida. Yep. That's where we're going. Uh, Unfortunately. (laughs) Cool. Uh, very different parts, though. Like, Chiron's going to the Everglades and, like, Grover's in St. Augustine, which are about a six-hour drive apart. Yeah. So. Yeah. They're not actually all that close. But, yeah. Uh, hey, look, a horn blows. It's gonna be dinner time. Chiron's just like, yep, go. I'm taking off. Peace. Don't come find me. Uh, and then they are all, uh, shuffling into dinner. As they do. With uh, 
Annabeth being the line leader for her cabin. Yeah. Uh, is that still a thing for, like, teenagers? In this age range of, like, middle and high schoolers, like, there's there's lines and, like, there's a line leader? Yeah. Is that, like, a thing that happens? Yeah. Okay. It always seems to me like a very, like, uh, elementary school thing. It's still a thing. Yeah. Cool. Uh, we have yeah. Clarice coming back with her arm in a sling, like, all uh, busted up. Somebody put a dumb sign on her back that I don't understand, uh, but we'll cover that later. Um, have the Ares kids, the Hyphestus kids. We introduce a, a new named character who we describe and talk about, so obviously he's going to be a thing at some point. Who? Uh, Charles Beckendorf, don't you know? Oh, don't call him Charlie. Yeah, don't yeah. call him Charlie. He's a 15-year-old, giant hands, African-American kid, uh, can make all kinds of stuff out of a hunk of metal. Yep. Uh, we have a whole paragraph describing Charles Beckendorf, so I'm assuming he's going to be a character. Yeah. At some point. You think Beckendorf is going to make them something that they need on this trip? Probably, because it would be really weird to just describe this one random kid if he wasn't ever going to come up again. Yeah. Um. Then we have the other cabins filing in, the satyrs, uh, the new, we meet the new leaders of the Hermes cabin, which we've introduced ourselves as, as Travis and Connor Stoll. Um, which, you know, Hermes, God of Thieves, they had the last name still hilarious. Yep. Uh, we, we love to have more of these puns. Yeah. They, they don't get it, though. Um, and then Percy comes in with Tyson. Everybody's looking at him because, like, you know, there's a monster in the camp. Oh, Everybody's no. just like, Ermagerd. We encounter Mr. D again, who's wearing, like, his Hawaiian shirt and his socks and sandals and, you know, looking like a uh, lifelong alcoholic. Which he is. Um, He's very long-lived. Yes. <laughs> and then we introduce uh, the new activities director, Tantalus. I do think it's interesting when we talk about how long-lived Mr. D is that it's like your punishment is a hundred years of sobriety when it's like he's been alive for thousands and thousands of years. Yeah. That's like, that's not even like you need to go to a 30-day rehab. That's like take a week off, man. That's a hundred years, but in terms of like his whole life. Yeah. That's, anyway. Um, so yeah, uh, we introduce a new activities director, Tantalus. He's wearing a prison uniform because that's, that's fun. Because that's how you should still be wearing, (laughs) yeah, like that's, that's how you, that's the image you want to convey to the children. Yeah. Uh, I did like the detail, the number over his pocket, red 0001. He's, uh, the first ever prisoner of Hades. Was he? I don't know. I, I, I mean, possibly. I thought, I thought it was created for the Titan. Well, I mean, first ever human prisoner? I don't know. Maybe he was. Okay. I, I, I don't want to do enough research because this guy's creepy and I, I think we already discussed a little bit of his story in the last <clears throat> yeah. episode, which we do subtly reference in this chapter as well. Anyway, we'll get back around to that, I'm sure. Yeah. Continue. Uh, I'm sure it'll come up. Uh, so we introduced Tantalus. Um, Mr. D says, hey, you need to look out for this one. He's trouble, etc., etc." Um, Percy's wondering why he's trouble. Whatever would give anybody that idea. Uh, and then we find out that once again, he has made national headlines. Yep. Uh, so anyway, once again, uh, Percy's made national headlines as a, you know, not a terrorist, but... Uh, 13-year-old lunatic torches gymnasium. 
Um, and unless we've completely forgotten the events of last summer, like somebody should probably really quickly make the connection. It's the same kid. Yeah. That there's a national manhunt for. Is um, there a manhunt for this one? Or no, there was a manhunt for him last year. Yeah. Um, because he killed his mom, don't you know? Yeah. Um, but like last again, it was cleared because he was shown to have been, you know, being coerced by somebody who had like kidnapped him or whatever. Yeah. Um. So again, if if this is if someone does connect to this, yeah. Whatever. We'll see what happens. Uh, anyway, so we're all sitting down for our fun magical dinner. Um, Tantalus does this really weird thing of asking for a specific vintage root beer, which he's never had. Um, yep. And never had root beer in general and has no reason to know what it is. Correct. So, cool. <laughs> Plot holes already. Yep. But tries to go out and grab it and drink and uh, obviously... He can't scoots away from him, so does the food on his plate. Uh, we talked about this last chapter. For those who aren't familiar, this is kind of Tantalus's whole deal, is that he's forever doomed to be tempted by food and drink that he can't have. Why is that? Um, is he, like, ate somebody or something, right? Because he served his own son to the gods. Yeah, kind of creepy. And then, at one point, he comments that all of the campers look so good to eat. <laughs> yeah. I think this is a red herring, though. Like, he's not going to be the big bad in this. Like, it's really easy to point to this guy and be like, oh, no, it's Tantalus. He's a servant of Kronos. And, like, you know, this is all part of the plot to bring down the camp for whatever reason. Yes, but it's also, like, the camp, like, he, he's been placed there by Mr. D. Yeah. And I wanted to talk about it because I feel like Mr. D chose him specifically because he's the only person worse off in his cravings than Mr. D is right now. Yeah. As Mr. D is like sitting here constantly wanting wine and not able to have it. Yeah. He's like, well, I could bring in somebody that's going to make me feel better whose misery I can laugh at. Yeah. Because he can't have anything. Yeah. Um, which I thought was, you know, at first I was like, oh, a little more sympathetic, like, oh, he's someone who can actually understand his struggle. But then like when you read it and he's like laughing at him and telling him like your, your curse should fade eventually. Yeah. Being here is punishment enough, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. I, I also really want to know more about that line. Like, is he actually had his curse been lifted and that it's going to fade or like... I'm pretty sure that that's not going to happen, and Mr. D is just being a jerk. Yeah. Anyway. Who knows? We'll we'll figure it out. Um, I mean, <clears throat> while we're wildly speculating here, do you think Mr. D is behind the poisoning of the tree? I don't. I do think that anyone who's coming out of Tartarus or Hell or anything has been closer to our big bad Kronos yeah. and has probably had the chance to be more influenced. Yeah. But no, I don't think Mr. D is like poisoned Thalia. No. All right. Uh, no, I was just curious as to whether he was complicit in that maybe because like, obviously we know Mr. D wants nothing more than to not be at this camp and not have the camp be a thing. So it would yeah. make sense if he was trying to work with somebody to bring the camp down. 
And we've also, like, proved that the gods are not immune to Tartarus's influence. We had Ares in the last yeah. book be a puppet yeah. of... It's like, Mr. D would not be a hard person to manipulate. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like he wouldn't be, but I also feel like he should be a hard person to manipulate. Maybe. I don't know. Um... So anyway, uh, they send Percy off, and they're just like, oh, hang on a second. The the monster stays here. We gotta decide what to do with him. Uh, so Percy gets down, uh, gets some pizza, because apparently there's also pizza in addition to barbecue. Who knew? We're learning more lore about the food offerings. Yep. Uh, Olive and pepperoni. Um, goes and offers up the pizza, does a little quick little prayer to Poseidon, being like, hey, help me out here. Kind of yeah. an issue. So dinner's over. We do camp announcements. We introduce Stanley. So, hey, new activities director who's just like, I'm looking forward to torturing everybody. <laughs> um, says we're reinstituting. Before that, we have Percy challenge him a little bit. Like, we have that whole interaction. Yeah. And Percy even says, like, oh, yeah, I've heard the story about you. Like, what did you do? You must have done something really bad to piss off the gods. Yeah. And all the satyrs behind him are like, don't do it, Percy. Just, nope, nope. Yeah. So, yeah, we don't we don't challenge the uh, people in authority. That's a lesson from this book. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and Percy does a good job of backing down. Yeah. Um, but we're bringing back chariot races. Apparently. Which we canceled years ago because of uh, three, three deaths. deaths and 26 mutilations. Yep. As somebody helpfully points out. Um, and nobody is super excited about that until Tantalus mentions that whoever wins is going to have a month off of chores. Hooray. Yes, hooray. But then Clarice <laughs> makes an excellent point. Uh, about, like, if everybody's involved in the chariot races, who's going to be worried about patrol duty and keeping the borders safe? And Tantalus is just like, oh, don't worry about it. We great. So... That makes me think that Tantalus is, you know, definitely behind some something or, you know, is being influenced by Kronos or something like that. Yeah. Because we're trying to distract the Border Patrol. Uh, side note, question for you. In this line, an explosion of excited conversation. No KP for a month? What's KP? My initials? Yes. Chores is what they called it. I don't know what KP is. Yeah. No idea. I say everybody's just like no KP for a month, no stable cleaning, and I was just like I was trying, I was trying so hard to figure out what KP could stand for. Google it. Uh, there you go. KP duty. KP duty, according to Wikipedia, means kitchen police or kitchen <laughs> or kitchen patrol. Work under the kitchen staff assigned to junior U.S. enlisted military personnel. So there you go. It's kitchen police. Wouldn't wouldn't you have gotten there? No. Nope. <laughs> So there. So we just assume everybody knows what that is. Apparently. Um. Anyway, uh, I'm starting to think uh, that like maybe at some point Reardon got sent to military school as a kid and is just like uh, subtly working out his frustration about that. Yeah, I mean we're not <laughs> we're not raging against education as a whole, just you know a very specific type. Yeah. <laughs> maybe. Uh, so anyway, there's concern about uh, who's going to be patrolling, but whatever. That's not going to be an issue. Um, I mean, she's got a really good point. Yeah. And it's really important point. Yes. And 
Yeah, Tantalus is just like, no, nah, don't matter. Who cares? And that's really upsetting. Yeah. Um, and then there's a housekeeping issue they want to address of like, oh, hey, Percy Jackson has brought this monster here. What do we do with it? Um, Him? Uh, yeah. Uh, I am. Uh, we're tempted to just throw it out in the wood and let everybody go and hunt it down with sticks and torches. Yep. Should be great fun for Tyson. Um, and we're trying to figure out where to put him. No cabin wants to take him. Obviously, not Hermes. They don't have room. Never have room. They really could just build a second Hermes cabin or like expand the first one. Like there's they really should. <laughs> they really should. Yeah. It's like knock down a wall, double the size of it. Like yeah, can't be that hard. Uh, and then a thing happens. <gasps> a flash of green light. Yep. And a, a little Poseidon appears over. T- <laughs> a Poseidon. A little Poseidon. Yeah. A little, a little <laughs> tiny version of a guy in like a Hawaiian shirt. Yeah. Uh, a little trident, the symbol of Poseidon, appears over Tyson's head. Wow. Uh, for for those of us who are listening to this uh, podcast versus watching it, Kristen is doing some great miming of Tyson trying to swat away the symbol that appeared over his head. Yep. Um. So yeah, that's a... Uh, he gets claimed. He's he Percy's half brother. And we, he's who would have suspected? I mean, not us. What? <laughs> but we even have Percy reference back to what Annabeth had said. Yeah. Then one god in particular. Yep. Now my question is: Desiring a monster count against as like one of his infractions? I mean. There's also a good chance that Tyson's much older because they're kind of like perceived as dumb. Yeah. That Tyson could be pre-World War II. Yeah, he's a baby. We specifically call him a baby in the last chapter. Yeah. But like we call him a baby in this chapter too. Um we have is this I mean he's not a hero. Yeah. He's not a demigod. Uh, I guess the rules don't apply because he's not people. <laughs> That's <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Uh, we might deal with that, but uh, might not. Uh, I do think it's interesting that like Percy had to go through weeks of camp and like trials and whatnot, and wondering, you know, yes, what his Percy place was. Yes, but Percy specifically prayed and asked for help, and yeah. then Poseidon did the thing. Yes. Now, do you think this is Poseidon being, like, merciful or kind or helping Percy and trying to reach out to Percy? Or is this uh, some kind of game that Poseidon's running? Like, Probably is he, both. Has he got some kind of plan here that he's... Probably both. Yeah. He has seen the loyalty of Tyson to Percy. Like, yeah. there's there may even be some history there because the fact that, like, Tyson didn't care to learn about all the like he was like yeah okay when it came to all of the gods and like percy trying to be like yeah i'm a i'm a demigod yeah and tyson was just like yeah but like where are we going you know yeah um nothing like phased him so he obviously has some amount of experience with this Uh uh-huh but yeah i don't know it's a good question no we'll find out uh and then 
everybody laughs because everybody is shocked at first and then Tantalus makes some crack about saying a family resemblance. Ha 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 ha. Yeah, and then they're all jerks and everybody's laughing at him and Percy is upset. Yep. But he's got a new cabin mate. Yep. Cool. That's what happens. Yeah. Like I said, longer chapter, but like we really don't get a lot of plot there. Like Chiron's leaving for the Everglades. We introduced Tantalus. Percy forgot to tell Chiron about his dream about... Naturally. It's Grover. Like, oh, you're going to Florida? That's where Grover is. No, we're not going to mention that. Yeah, no. Not, uh, <laughs> not at all. Also, Chiron doesn't ask. He's not just like, oh, hey, by the way, heard from Grover recently. No. <laughs> well, obviously, that's not on his radar at the moment. Yeah. Unless he knows something has happened. Yeah. So. Cool. I had one question to bring up about Mr. D. Sure. Mr. D, uh, we, again, have him call Percy by the wrong name. Yeah. And I think I might have brought this up in the first book in a in a posed question. Uh-huh. Do you think, while we're, you know, it's obviously annoying to Percy and he's getting called by the wrong name and all of this. Yeah. Do you think that there is a subtle amount of respect that Mr. D is using by not using his full name, his proper name? In the same way that we don't call him Dionysus, we call him Mr. D. We don't refer to any of the gods by their names. Like, even when we swear on the river Styx, the thunder peal happens. Like, yeah, there's there's definitely the, the disrespect and the jab and the obnoxiousness of it. But is it also a subtle, like, attempt to avoid that power thing? Which, I mean, could be out of respect or disrespect. Like, he could very much be trying to undermine any, like, authority or power that Percy could build up with his name. Uh-huh. Um, I don't I mean, uh, I think we'd have to go back to book one and discuss whether or not Mr. D knew who Percy was before he got claimed. Because, like, he starts calling him by the wrong name, like, before he, you know, gets claimed by Poseidon or does anything and just, like, gets to the camp and Mr. D is just like... Yeah, whatever your name is. So he's doing this before we know anything about Percy. Yeah. So I don't think it's a really respect thing, unless he knew all the entire time. Okay, fair enough. Like, <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. Cool. I'm just curious. Shall we move on? Yeah. All right. All right, so. Next. What do we do next? Our favorite sentences. Oh, I have one this time. Crazy as that might be. All right, should I do mine first? Sure. I just enjoyed this one. It just made me chuckle. Uh Uh, Dionysus was an overgrown brat, but he was an immortal, super powerful overgrown brat. It's the worst kind. Yeah. Um, So here's mine. uh, And I thought this would just be a... I don't know what kind of book this would be the opening line to, but I thought it would be a really great opening line for something. The smoke from the burning pizza changed into something fragrant. The smell of a clean sea breeze with wildflowers mixed in. But I had no idea if that meant my father was really listening. <laughs> I do like... I like <laughs> the sentence in context, and I like it a lot as the as first sentence for yeah. a different kind of that's a, that's a hook right there. Yeah. <sighs> so, so much going on. Yeah. <laughs> um, I like that a lot. Thank you. 
Yeah. Thank you for reimagining that sentence for me. Yeah. Glad I could help. Um, Shall we move on to our last segment? Sure. And what are we doing this one? We rewrite the chapter. So as you and I are reading through the chapter, we choose a way to rewrite it. And then we rewrite the chapter uh, from another perspective. We move the camera, if you will, in order to... uh, To give ourselves some kind of creative output. Yeah. That's exciting. All right. Yay. So I've struggled with this one a lot. um, Just because, like, I don't think there's a lot of interesting perspectives in this chapter. So I did something dumb. That being said, do you want to go first or should I go first? Uh, You can go first. All right. So here's mine uh, from the perspective of uh, Travis and Connor Stoll. Cool. You want to give me a script? I'll... I'll be Connor. Okay. No, trust me, bro. This is going to be great. I don't know, Trav. She did sort of save the camp. You kidding? That was the big ugly one. What are you talking about? Yeah, like I said, she saved the camp. <laughs> but for real, everybody is going to love it. Trust me. It doesn't make sense. Of course it does. How could it not? What's the joke? You moo, girl. You moo! It's a classic! Is that supposed to be a pun? You moo, girl! Don't you get it? What? Whatever. Let's just go eat. <laughs> you moo. <laughs> I like it. I like it, I like it. I didn't get the sign, and so I had to write something about it. I was yeah. just like, I didn't get why it was funny. Yeah. Yeah, cool. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe like you go girl. Yeah, I was trying really hard to figure out what the joke was. Yeah, I I appreciate that because I also. Yeah, yeah. Cool. All right. Here's mine. From the perspective of Chiron. Despite all my efforts, knowledge, and experience, the gods still baffle me at times. And yet... I'm still not surprised at all that I would be replaced in this in the moment of deepest need. At least I've been able to keep the Jackson boy away. I never would have expected to be glad that he left last summer. I wanted so badly for him to stay and to train him. Oh, how the tables turn. Pony! Oh. <laughs> oh, no. gonna cut to the end of that scene where they're talking okay as he's walking away that should have been enough information to get them started i wouldn't want them to start on a quest without doing any research on their own i'm off to florida god's speed perseus jackson oh and that vow will ensure that he's not alone on his journey there you go so I put it from the perspective that, like, Chiron absolutely knew that he was sending Percy on a quest. Yeah, Chiron's... It was like, I'm just giving you enough information that they're going to have to do research on their own. Yeah. Because if I just tell them, they're going to go. Yeah. And that'd be rash. Anyway, yeah. So we both got the impression that Chiron's not stupid and he was uh, doing this on purpose. Cool. Yeah. All right. I believe that covers it. Yeah. All right. Should uh, go ahead and take us out. Cool. 
Thank you so much for joining us today as we discussed a chapter five of The Sea of Monsters. Join us next week as we discuss chapter six, Demon Pigeons Attack. <clears throat> until then, you Birds can... Are weird. Until then, you can... Follow us on social media at Chronically Podcast on Instagram. You can send us your fan art of a trident floating over Tyson's head at chronicallypodcast at gmail.com. You can also support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash chronicallypodcast and get absolutely nothing in return except maybe a shout out on the podcast because you're cool like that. But eventually, we'll do something for our patrons three years later. Um, uh, I mean that TV show that's coming out in December. Oh yeah, doing yeah, yeah. We are going to do that. Yeah, we um, actually have a plan. Yeah, we do have a plan <laughs> for sure. For sure. Should we do like a live stream watch along? That'd be fun. That would be fun. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us, and you know, until next time, always, always throw some olive and pepperoni pizza in the fire for the gods. Yeah, for the gods. Uh, And if you're going to tape a sign to somebody's back, put effort in. (laughs) Uh, A little. little (laughs) Yeah. Bye. Bye. Internet country abbreviation for North Korea. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think that's it. Uh, shorthand for no problem in German. Yeah. Uh-huh. I'm pulling. Key Peninsula. Don't just Google KP. <laughs> Google chores camp KP. <laughs> Google that. Google the word chores and then camp KP. So my summary is... I don't even know for recording anymore. Yeah. Okay. Of a trident floating over uh what the heck's the kid's name? Tyson. Tyson. <laughs> <laughs> uh we made Monster. I'll also pause here, even though we're not necessarily doing this segment anymore of our favorite sentence. Um so what? What? We're not. Oh. Okay. We've been doing it this entire book. Okay. Well, whatever. I'll, I'll come back to that then. Rewrite it, and then we uh, stop making noise with our chairs. And then we rewrite the chapter. Oh, my, my, my. All right. I think my audio is all right. How is yours? I mean, that, that, that was all you determining how mine was. How that I work? wasn't watching it. <laughs> okay. I mean, I was talking for nothing. How? What? You, you weren't talking for nothing. It was for comedic value. Uh-huh. And for the whole bantery part. <laughs>